following is a conversation with KBEK's Rockin' Robin Riley with Karen Onan of the East Central Regional Development Commission right here on Q Media's On Demand. Good morning. It's always a pleasure to have Karen Onan with me, and she is from the East Central Regional Transportation Coordinating Council. And we've been talking here for several months now, right, Karen? Yeah. About transportation and how it works in our area and where we're at now and where we want to get to, no pun intended, with travel, of course. (laughs) And we've had some wonderful interviews so far. I feel we've really opened the door and people's minds to what is available, and that's the key here. And this morning, Karen, why don't you introduce our guest? Well, this morning we have Ken Bueller, the chair of the NLX Technical Advisory Committee. Now, for those of you who might not know when we say NLX, this is the Northern Lights Express train. And I just want to say hello to Ken and welcome to the show. And would you tell us a little bit about yourself and what would you like people to be learning about this morning? Well, first of all, Karen and Robin, thank you very much for having us on to talk about the Northern Lights Express project. This is a train, intercity that connects Duluth to Minneapolis with stops in Superior, Wisconsin, Hinckley, Cambridge, and a place called Northtown down near the Twin Cities. Mm -hmm. It is a regularly scheduled train that is in the future, and when it occurs, it will change everything. So where is it running now? Well, in our minds. (laughs) (laughs) This This is a project that began almost 20 years ago now, with a dream from then-Congressman James Oberstar. Now, of course, there used to be regular rail passenger service between the Twin Cities and the Twin Ports of Duluth-Superior. There were the Badger and the Gopher, were two trains run by the Great Northern Railway, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. And then Amtrak actually served that route, and the route goes on existing Burlington Northern Santa Fe tracks from Duluth to Superior to Hinckley to Cambridge to Northtown and downtown Minneapolis and then St. Paul back in the day. Now, that Amtrak train was called the North Star, and it ran from 1975 until about 1985. In 1985, on Easter Sunday, was the last run of that train, and that was the end of passenger service along these existing Burlington Northern Santa Fe line tracks. Now, our job is to return that service so that people can take a train from the Twin Ports to the Twin Cities with stops along the way in Hinckley and Cambridge and also in downtown Northtown and avail themselves of what is a transportation system that works perfectly around the world, moving thousands and millions of people every single day. And we want that service back here with at least four trains a day connecting the Twin Ports to the Twin Cities. What caused this to stop? Amtrak was running the train. It was very popular. In fact, ridership was increasing every single year that the service was provided. Unfortunately, some of the cost had to be absorbed by the state of Minnesota. And Representative Willard Munger, who holds the honor of being the longest-serving state representative in Minnesota history, unfortunately was ill and later passed away during 1985, and he was unable to secure, because of his health, the funding necessary to keep the train going. So without Minnesota's support, Amtrak pulled the train from their route, and that ended that service on Easter Sunday. But let's think about this for a moment. Think about 1985, and think about today, and why a train in 1985 might have struggled and not been able to get state support, because, well, if you live in Mankato, what do you care about a train that goes between the Twin Cities and the Twin Ports? But let's think about 1985. 
1985, gas was 87 cents a gallon. Mm -hmm. Anybody want that back? Okay. (laughs) Not going to happen. In 1985, there was not the Grand Casino in Hinckley. Now, our economic models and our transportation studies show that that casino in Hinckley operates as if it's a city of a million people. There's that many comings and goings. So a stop in Hinckley would make this an incredible success just on the commuters using the train to get to and from Grand Casino. That didn't exist in 1985. Mm -hmm. And there were two things that people weren't even thinking of in 1985 that have changed our lives forever and make this train possible. Those two things are the cell phone and the laptop computer, two things that didn't exist in 1985, two things that you shouldn't do while you're driving today. You're not supposed to be on the phone, and you certainly can't run your computer. But if you're in a train and somebody else is driving, well, there's your phone, there's your laptop computer. The two-hour and 20-minute trip from Duluth down to the Twin Cities, instead of being wasted windshield time, now becomes productive time. And Ken, so where are you kind of at at this point with everything? Because you said right now it's kind of a dream. Where are you at and where are you going? Well, we've done quite a bit of work. You know, trains are very popular around the world. They're very popular in this country as well. And the growth in that passenger rail has been incredible. Amtrak increases ridership every single year. The impetus to have more of these trains is phenomenal across the country. But because of our transportation policies, there's just not enough money to fund everybody that wants a train. Mm -hmm. So through the Federal Railroad Administration, we have to make determinations and decisions, and we have to do choices. And to get to the point where they can fund these expanded rail services, there's a funding formula that you have to go through and steps that you have to complete. And what we have done over the years that we've been working on this is a finding of no significant impact. That means that we have completed our feasibility study, we've completed our engineering study, we've completed a a three-and-a-half-year environmental impact statement, we've done our routes alternative analysis, we've done our final engineering and route planning, and we have what is known as this FONSI, not the A FONSI, (laughs) but a finding of no significant impact, which means we are fundable under federal guidelines. And where we are right now is with this infrastructure build, the Rebuild America plan that the Biden administration has, there is money in that bill, should it be passed, that would fund intercity passenger trains like ours. And where are we? We're at the top of the list, we think, because we have a finding of no significant impact, and the next 30 cities that are trying to pair themselves up and have this kind of service do not have that finding of no significant impact. So we're in a very good place right now, depending upon what happens in Washington. Would this be like the rail system in the cities that we hear about all the time? Well, there are two rail systems in the Twin Cities. Neither of them are like this. You've got your Hiawatha, which is the uh, light rail, which is uh, a commuter line within the cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul. And you also have the North Star. They took the name of the original Amtrak train from the Twin Cities to Duluth. And you have that that goes from downtown Minneapolis out to Big Lake. And that's also a commuter rail. It is heavier rail, but it is commuter. This is an intercity passenger rail service. 
And therefore, it's controlled by the Federal Railroad Administration as opposed to the Federal Transit Administration. The advantage of that is that the Federal Transit Administration has a lot more restrictions on what you can and cannot do, or the Federal Railroad Administration says, get one of these Fonzies that I've been talking about and get underway. I'm just curious, again, this is just a layman talking, of course, but what the train is actually like. What is, you know, Uh, is it space age? Is it, you know what I mean? I'm just trying to wrap my head about what it even looks like. Well, that's a very good question, and the train is going to be made up of a diesel-electric locomotive, which is currently being used on trains across America right now. The cars are going to be the newest line of Amtrak, what they call their Vantage line, which is a modern coach. It has Wi-Fi. It's got seats uh, with tables, reclining. There'll be a business car on board the train. I liken it to a kind of a, a Kinko's on wheels. Everybody travels with a laptop, but through a LAN system on board the car, you could interact with a printer, so you could do printing. It's going to be Wi-Fi the entire route. These are going to be very modern cars, brand new and in service. They're already in service on other inner city lines around the country, so we would just be using more of this kind of equipment from Amtrak. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a bar car, and that's where you'll find me, (laughs) uh, with some snacks. Amtrak is very good about using regional providers. So you might have a Bent Paddle beer from Duluth or a Summit beer from the Twin Cities. You might have somebody's cookies that are along the line, you know, from a bake shop maybe in Perm. But uh, Amtrak's very good about uh, regionalizing their trains. And we're going to have a lot of control over what happens on that train, too. One of the train services that we look very heavily upon and lean upon for ideas is the Down Easter out east, which is a very popular Amtrak train that goes from Boston up to Portland, Maine, and New Brunswick. And it has shown the fastest growth of any of the Amtrak lines around the country. And it's about the same length as ours, about 150 miles for them. We're at about 140 miles for us. So you kind of are basing some of these thoughts going forward from that, I would imagine. Yes, you're correct. It makes me excited for the economic impact as well for each and every place that you guys would stop. I mean, the potential there is amazing for all the stops. You know, there's a story I like to tell about what railroads do. Far back is when the rails were first uh, spiked down across the prairies of this great country of ours. Every time that train stopped, people got on and people got off. And that, of course, created commerce. And that built cities. If you look along Highway 2 through North Dakota, you'll notice that about every 24 to 30 miles, there is a city of some kind. And that's because that's as far as a steam locomotive could go back in the day before it had to get more water. And so as the train stopped for water, that's when people got on and people got off and people came and commerce occurred and towns were built. The same thing is happening today with trains. Take Dallas, for instance. North Dallas was a pit. It mm-hmm. was bombed out part of the city. They put in a train service, kind of like North Star, and one of the stops was in North Dallas. And everyone said, who's going to want to get on or get off at North Dallas? <laughs> but what happened was there was a train stop, and then entrepreneurs found that, well, all these buildings here are really cheap. They're old, they're good, but they're just run down. But we can buy them cheap and fix them up. Now North Dallas is the trendiest place in the Metroplex down there. Mm-hmm. They have all the clubs, all the restaurants, all the high-end stores, all the apartments, all the condos. And what started it all? 
a train stop. And the same thing's going to happen in Cambridge, same thing's going to happen in Hinkley, Duluth Superior, Northtown, and of course downtown uh, Minneapolis. Is, I think they're doing pretty well right now, but <laughs> exactly. still, the train will stop right at Target Field, and we know that's a wonderful area in Minneapolis. No doubt. And Karen, talk about the piece of this where the East Central Regional Transportation Coordinating Council comes in and what you'd like to see how this builds in with what you're already doing. You know, we've been looking for transportation options, and this is a huge, wonderful option to have. I want to ask one other question as far as the environmental impact. Would these trains be electric trains or have the ability to be electric? I don't know much about this, so how could you help me understand? Trains are incredibly environmentally friendly. Per passenger mile, the carbon footprint of a train is the lowest of any form of transportation. The highest carbon footprint is when you drive your car by yourself. Mm -hmm. That passenger mile is very carbon heavy. Mm -hmm. A train, on the other hand, is the most efficient and environmentally friendly and fuel efficient way to transport people. There's only one form of transportation that has a lower carbon footprint per passenger mile than a train, and that is a cruise ship. And I don't think we're going to get cruise ship service between (laughs) Minneapolis and Duluth. That's just not going to happen. So the next best thing is this environmentally friendly railroad that can carry people fast, efficient, inexpensively, and environmentally friendly. And the carbon footprint from a railroad is the smallest of any. So this will be a diesel-electric locomotive. It's a diesel engine burning petrol and then turning a generator, which makes electricity, which then powers electric motors in the wheels, just like the trains that you see today. When that train comes by, that Burlington Northern Santa Fe train comes by, that's the diesel-electric locomotive. So it's the same technology being used now. The difference is that these new passenger engines are what are called Tier 3. Environmentally, that's a higher standard of zero pollution or toward zero pollution than, say, just a regular diesel engine in a truck. Well, you know, Robin, when you were asking about how does this intersect with the RTCCs, as I said, it's another form of transportation. The other thing I am looking forward to is having people learn more about the NLX and learn about what they can do to possibly reach forward and be part of the future of transportation. And so I would love it if Ken could give us some input on where could people learn more? Could they see a picture of what this train's going to look like? If they want to get involved or voice an opinion, is there a website? Uh, yes, of course, we do have a website. Just Google Northern Lights Express. It'll take you to it. We also have a Facebook page. You can like us on Facebook and get updates that way. There's a bunch of information on the website, including minutes from our meetings and other things that we've done. Complete Fonzi is there, the finding of no significant impact, if you really want to dig down into it. The best thing people can do, and you know, we've been working on this a long time, and if it were easy, everybody would do it. Mm-hmm. And we don't have enough money for everybody to do it. At least that's the decisions we've made. We have enough money. That's not the issue. It's just how, as a country, we've decided to spend it. The answer is that if you want to get involved and you want to do something, the next time you see your elected officials, whether it be a Pine County commissioner, whether it be your mayor, whether it be your representative in Congress or in the State House in St. Paul, when you see these people, 
you tell them that you want the Northern Lights Express project to run between the Twin Ports and the Twin Cities with stops in Mora and Cambridge along the way and Duluth Superior. You want this. What I find when I talk to people is very few go, well, this is a crazy idea. Most people say, how come we don't already have this? We should have this. We have I-35, and to make this work, all we have to do is take 1% to 2% of the traffic off I-35 and put that on the train, and this thing has a fare box recovery of about 70%, which is phenomenal for intercity passenger rail. It is. It's a phenomenal idea, and it's just a matter of few things to happen, certainly, with our government moving forward with some of those funds. I am excited to get to see what goes forward in the future here. I know you are, too, because this is your whole focus, right? Well, I do have another full-time job. This okay. is just a, a public service of okay. everybody that's, uh, that works on this project has been donating their time. I actually run the Lake Superior Railroad Museum at the St. Louis County Depot in downtown Duluth. How cool. And the North Shore Scenic Railroad, a tourist line that connects downtown Duluth to two harbors, Minnesota, along Minnesota's glorious North Shore. Fantastic. It's beautiful up there, too. Well, Ken, Karen, is there anything else we need to touch on? Well, I just wanted to mention that I want people to know about the website that we have, eastcentraltransit.com. And on that site, I will have links to the NLX site and their Facebook page for you to learn more about it and ask any questions that you might have. And I'm just so pleased to have you on, Ken, and I'm hoping folks' eyes will be opened. And I'm so excited about the prospect. I love trains. It is the history of our country, and it makes so much sense. So thank you again for coming on and teaching us this information. Well, thank you very much, Karen and Robin, for having us, for talking about the Northern Lights Express project. It's 152 miles from Duluth Superior to downtown Minneapolis with stops along the way for about $30, $34, a two-hour and 20-minute train ride certainly beats spending time behind the windshield. So true, Ken. Thank you so much for your time, sir, and again, hope to talk to you in the future. Thank you. You have been listening to a Q Media Group production.